0: Blessed God morning, everybody. How y'all doing on this? It ain't post meridian no more. <laughs> Anti meridian. <laughs> everybody good on this God morning? Alright, we're going to make it work now. i tell y'all. We're going to have our own days of the week and everything. That give, give me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you got your Bibles, we're in Exodus, Exodus chapter 4, Exodus chapter 4, I forgot to announce it even last week, those who like to follow along with the notes, there's some notes back there, we're in Exodus chapter 4 starting at 18, Exodus chapter 4 starting at verse 18, (laughs) go ahead teacher, (laughs) (laughs) me day. Exodus chapter 4 starting at verse 18. When you get that. let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, open up the eyes of our understanding. Allow us to see and see clearly, God. Give us ears to hear and allow us to hear clearly, Father God. Give us heart and feet to obey. And Allow us to obey fully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, we've been tracking through this thing. we made it all the way through Genesis. Now we're all the way up the chapter four of the book of Exodus, we're we 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 we're knocking it down. We're knocking it down. But to keep this story all tied together, we always have to do a little review. A little review, make sure we track it, make sure we follow it along. Because everything slips. Last week when we left off, we saw the call of a brother named what? Moses. Moses was called to the service of God in the service of Yahweh. In a very miraculous way. What was that miraculous way? Huh? Through a burning bush. God showed up to him. He was, what was he living? Anybody know? With his father-in-law in the land of Horeb was the mountain that the burning bush was on. Okay, we got something. <laughs> in the land of, huh, Miriam. Midian, there we go, Midian. It was in the land of Midian with his father-in-law, what his father-in-law name was? Jethro, or? Yeah, we go, okay, we get this thing, I'm saying, we, we get this thing. Tell him. <laughs> yeah, his father-in-law Jethro in the land of Midian, where do you folks of Midian come from? Keturah, who was Abraham's second wife so these are Abraham's descendants these people of Midian that he's living with in Jethro they long 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 lost cousins separated and God gave Moses a mission what was that mission get what people get Israel from where Egypt take them to where yeah land promised land land of the Canaanites Hittites Jebusites and all them other ice. Via would stop. Yeah. They weren't going straight to the promised land. Which mountain? The mountain to the mountain of Horeb. Where he saw the burning of bush. So he was going to extract them from Egypt. With a layover at Horeb. On their way to the land of. Of promise, of Canaan, the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, and all them other type of ites. And we began to see the promise that was given to Adam start to be fulfilled in who? The Israelites. In which way? They multiplied exceedingly and they filled the land. So we start to see the promise and the question that we're wrestling with. Are these Israelites the true image of God? Will they fulfill the destiny that was originally given to Adam? Or do we look for another? And we've had these pockets of a hope in these pockets of a savior. Somebody's supposed to crush the head of the serpent. Somebody's supposed to be a seed of Abraham that's supposed to bless all nations. Have we seen that yet? Not quite yet. But there's strange things. We didn't highlight it last week. I don't know if anybody caught on with it. Once God called Moses, y'all say he was at the burning bush. And he gave him a sign that was connected to what? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. He gave him a sign. All right, let's ask this a different way. How many signs did God give Moses? Like three or four. Which one? <laughs> he gave him four. Four. He gave some signs. He Moses was doubting. Y'all remember y'all y'all diagnosed Moses as having low self-esteem. You think it was 3? It might be 3. She more confident than you. Huh? We'll count that one. So 3. What was the 3? The the serpent and the stick. The serpent was the stick. Okay. <laughs> the leprosy, or the, the hand turning white same thing. Water. What about, water? He, told him about the water? he told him about water and blood. So those are the three signs that he told him to do. Y'all have to remember them. Cast down the rod it turns into a what now? Rod turns into a serpent. And Moses is supposed to do what with it. Grab, Grab it up. But we're looking for somebody who's supposed to do what with a serpent. So it's Moses that dude. Y'all sure? <laughs> He played with a serpent, but he lifted it up and turned it into a rod. And then there was this other little thing. We we, we skimmed over it real quick, and this is what we're going to launch pad from. What did you catch? No, not not about water. That's a good one. We're going to talk about water later. But Moses got called from a burning what? And nobody, nobody asked the question, what kind of bush was it? Nobody asked the question what type of bush was it? Huh? It could be. I think you said Everything is important. It's <laughs> prove it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody asked the question what type of bush it was. What we're going to get to do is and this is what we're going to launch path from. Because Bronica going to look it up in her fancy little blue letter Bible and see what James Strong said about that bush. I ain't never looked it up in strong, so I don't know what he said. The bush, yeah, that bush. Ah, what kind of bush was it? Huh? A bramble or thorny bush. Thorn should make you think of what? Ah, there go. Okay, girl. You, you you connecting the whole story. Say it again, I ain't catch. So part of the curse was thorns. And we started this whole story with God placing man in a beautiful, well-furnished garden. And now in this transition piece, God is calling his chief deliverer from the desert, utilizing what now? Thorns. And that's going to be a theme we're going to have to pay attention to because them thorns disappeared. They come all the way back from Genesis. So thorns is a part of this call of God. And this whole story of Exodus, the main piece of it is redemption. So y'all ready? Ready to get back into it with Moses? All right. So we got creation in Genesis. We got a little bit of the call. And now we're getting some redemption. So we with Moses. What Moses at right now? Anybody remember? Huh? okay y'all don't remember let's see verse 18 (laughs) and Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law and said unto him let me go I pray thee and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt and see whether they be yet alive and Jethro said to Moses go in peace so Moses after seeing his grand image and depiction of God and having his great revelatory event he goes back to his father-in-law and he asks for permission to leave. That's very respectful of him because he could have just dipped like, hey, God called me. What's left out of this whole discourse? Mm-hmm. He didn't say nothing about this whole miraculous event that he's just witnessed. It's like, hey, just let me go check on my people. <laughs> That's all he said. Just, just let me go check on my people, see if they still So Moses downplayed this thing a little bit. And it don't seem to be that serious. He just asked for permission to leave. Do y'all think he had to ask for permission to leave? Why? Now nah, he could have took them with him. Huh? It's the rules. <laughs> it's respect. He living in his house, living under his roof. He's a part of his family. So just out of respect that hey. I'm gonna go check on my people. Whoa, people, are all the way down in Egypt. So he got this whole thing. He set it up. And he said, the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, go return into Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. So God gave him one more piece of reassurance. Because this was left out the whole discourse last week. He talked about all the other stuff that was going to happen, but he never brought up the fact that Moses warned for capital murder. It's like, hey, all them people who gonna kill you, they dead. So now you can go and let's cast our minds. There's multiple layers to this thing and we're going to be able to get all of them. But let's be in Moses' mind for a minute. You're scared. You're unsure. You have all these doubts. You're on the run for capital murder. God didn't you these signs and you do not work your way up. Y'all got to remember, what's the only way God got him to go? Yes. By his brother. All them signs didn't do nothing for Moses. All that reassurance didn't do nothing for Moses. The only way he got him to go is like, hey, I'm going to see your brother with you. So y'all remember Moses made God mad. They don't put that in, in, in Cecil and in Deville and all them folk. God was mad with Moses. He was angry. So the only reason Moses continuing on with this mission, he got some assurance that his brother is going to be with him. And now God begins to reassure him more and you see the tenderness of God. Because Moses right now don't seem to qualify as a deliverer. Now we know he bought that life and he can fight. <laughs> He'll fight and scary at the same time. That's dangerous. <laughs> but his mind is all messed up and he got this thing, but he going to go. And in his mind, he going to meet who? His brother. That's step one for Moses. He ain't going to get no people. Because he don't want to do this whole thing. And just watch how this thing keep going. It's going to get a little strange. So Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon a donkey. And he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. He took who rod? How I get to be God rod? He already had it. <laughs> the power of God is housed within the rod <laughs> oh lord it's like a Disney movie <laughs> why y'all think you call it God's rod though y'all y'all agree with something yeah so which one cause God told him to use it or cause God's power is in the rod <laughs> what y'all got why y'all think it's uh, 'Cause even when God first addressed it, he's just like, what's that in your hand? He never referred to it as his own. Huh? Said God touched it. That sounds like a hymn. (laughs) 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 What we got? Okay. He created everything. Then what he created the children too then. He created the coat that he took, the donkey that you riding on. It wasn't God's donkey. Why well, y'all think he called it God's rock? Huh? It was God's sign of what? Y'all agree with her? What about it? Go ahead. Tell my where we was standing. It's about how the ground became holy because God was there. So the stick, go and finish your logic. Okay, because God was around the stick. I can see how you get that, but not necessarily. You, 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 you get it somewhere. You use a little logic. We, we tap out. <laughs> it's the rod of God, very simply. Who gonna use it? Uh huh. And it's somewhat of a trick question. God's gonna use it. In Moses' hand. So God gonna use it, and who gonna use it? But once God Destined something for his utilization, it becomes his. That's what you were saying, but you wouldn't say it. <laughs> That's what you were saying. Once God destined something for his use, it becomes whose? His. But who gonna use it? We're gonna stick that one in the back pocket. if if Moses used it won't be any good so he needs a partner a divine partner alright so don't raise your hand out loud raise your hand in your heart how many of y'all believe God separated you for a specific use and if you believe that who you belong to so is it God's body God's mind, God's tongue God's 98 master without a uh, glove <laughs> <laughs> compartment on it. There's <laughs> something to think about. And we're going to play with that as we keep going. So with God's rod, he took that, he took his family and where they going? To Egypt. Mizraim to meet his brother Aaron. And the Lord said unto Moses, when thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all the wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand. But I will harden his heart that he shall not let the people go. Did y'all see that instruction? What he told him to do? Do all the signs I told you to do. Remember that. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, thus said the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, let my son go. That he may serve thee. And if thou refuse to let him go. Behold I will slay thy son. Even thy firstborn. And you get the set up and the warning. That he's to give Pharaoh. And it's very instructive what we get here. Because he has referred to Israel. As his what now? His firstborn. Is Israel the first nation that was made? But. Go ahead girl. Go ahead. Ah. Uh, the firstborn, why does he call him his firstborn? Huh? Yes, everything slipped. You see that? That's why we have to review everything. <laughs> huh? I ain't hear you. What's it say? Okay, you, you get now? It, it started with a P. And it did have an R after the P. Huh? Yeah, it's the word I use. You're trying to use the exact same word I use. That's yeah. yeah, good. That's good. Preeminence. <laughs> yes. That's the one that has the preeminence, the one who reigns, the one who rules, the one who is endowed with all the rights of the father. That's what he means by firstborn. Yeah, I got to remember that. So Israel being called his firstborn is not an allusion to them being the first nation created. This These are my special people. This is my special nation. And they have preeminence over all nations and all people. Yeah, they come first. They on top. That's what they are. His firstborn. And the reason this is so important. I'm going to have to repeat it. Maybe this will help you all remember. And sometimes you get some people with some suits on knocking on your door. And they make a big deal out of the book of Colossians when it refers to Jesus as the firstborn of all creation. And they'll trick you if you don't understand your Bible. And how the trick go is, see, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. What does it mean to be firstborn? And when you're ignorant, you say, the first one born. And then they say, so that means Jesus was the first person born out of all creation. If he was born first, he can't be God. And you sit there and look stupid. And your eyes roll in the back of your head and you close your door and say, Jesus is God. You need to repent. <laughs> 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 and that's because they misunderstand the biblical use of firstborn. And here we see an example of it. Israel is not the first nation God created. Because we can even count Ishmael. Because God said he was going to make Hagar's child a nation. And he was going to multiply him. The Ishmaelites already exist. We've seen them. They sold Joseph down into slavery. So they existed before the Israelites. But they are the firstborn of God because they have the preeminence. They are the one who God shall endow with the blessings that belongs to him. But he connect this promise of a firstborn with a curse on Pharaoh and we see a bit of a foreshadow. If you don't let my firstborn go, I'm going to kill yours. And this is the message that he's supposed to give to Pharaoh. Let my firstborn go. I'm going to kill yours. That don't seem like a, 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 a even trade. Like you just better let them leave. Set them free. Oh, what? I'm gonna kill your children. Like, why are you gonna kill him? <laughs> he's never killed the children. God's a little gangster and mafia and his dealings with these people. Like, the dog out Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> if I kill your children, you better leave mine alone. <laughs> and now if we got this set up scene and now we finna go to one of the most eerie pieces of scripture. This is very strange, these next three verses. And it's so obscure that nobody can confidently tell you what's going on here. Because there's no reference or allusion to what takes place here anywhere else in all of scripture. We're just going to read this and let it sit for a little minute. We'll discuss it a little bit. Saying it came to pass by the way in the end that the Yahweh met him and sought to kill him. You got this verse. Moses is on his mission. He just had this great encounter and now he's on his way to fulfill the task and he's laying over somewhere on the journey. And the next thing you see is Yahweh, the Lord, sought to kill him. Why? Just out the blue. What Moses did? And this thing keep going. And it said, then Zipporah, who was poor, his wife, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. And this thing give you even more obscure. You got this dark scene in darkness. Where this Yahweh figure appears for the purpose of slaying. And actually the translators cheat. Because especially all you reading the the, the NIV or something like that. It says Moses in there. Hebrew Bible don't say nothing about no Moses. There is no name. It's just to him. And in the next scene you see Zipporah with a flint stone cutting off the foreskin of her son. So a Yahweh figure appears in the dark with the intentions to murder. Zipporah knows and understands something about what's going on. And she responds by circumcising her child. So was the Yahweh figure about to kill Moses or was it about to kill the son? And the thing that makes it a little bit strange is the last verse before this strange thing talks about the slaying of who? So was it a double warning for Moses as well as for Pharaoh? And in this thing, we got one more verse of it was a pora. So he let him go, talking about the Yahweh figure. Then she said, a bloody husband because of the circumcision and those are her words and that's the end of this segment just those three verses and it gets so strange because when we read the next verse it seemed like this never happened what in the world is going on here but we got this scene where this yahweh figure comes in the night and we have seen that before because he came in the night to who jacob and he wrestled with Jacob in the night. But that was a, a transformation for him. But now we see him coming in the night. And it purposely says he sought to slay. He sought to kill him. We don't know who the him is. Is it Moses? Is it the firstborn? But the wife understand. And there has to be some background to this that we don't quite get. Because she knew what to do. And her circumcision ended the plague of death. And she responded to this thing with a bloody husband you are as she cast the foreskin down so she cut the boy throw down the foreskin he bleeding and this is her response but the Yahweh figure figure of death stops and all we can truly get from this is that Yahweh is a slayer he didn't send nobody to slay he came himself to slay but what stopped him Oh, uh, you almost said it. You almost said No, I thought you almost said it. P and B sounds like on your lips. The blood. Once she circumcised and cast it, you bloody husband art thou. So this was a bloody scene to her. That's when the slayer stops. So you got a death. Yahweh coming. A response of cutting. And blood stops to death. That's all we get from this scene. And then it transitioned to, now back to your regular scheduled program. (laughs) And Yahweh said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So God is now speaking to Aaron. Sent him out in the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God. So where he at? In Horeb. That's the mountain of God. Yeah, I got to remember that. So Moses, I mean, Aaron made it all the way to Midian, Horeb, huh? Egypt. So he's coming from Egypt. So he met his brother in the mountains of God, in the mountains of Horeb. And we're going to play with that Sinai word once we get there. Because we ain't met him yet, unless y'all reading some of them new translations where they cheat. And his response is he kissed him. So Aaron ran out there to meet his brother and the first thing he do is kiss him. How many of y'all kiss your brother when you see him in a while? You probably would. Yeah, all, all the women said they think so. The brothers just laughed. Because <laughs> <laughs> he ain't seen his brother in at least, how long y'all? 40 years. That's a long time. <laughs> huh? Is is this his biological brother? That's your question? We're going to couch that. And we'll get the answer to it later. So he go out there and he kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. So he put his brother on game, showed him the signs, and now they're ready to go. On to the mission. It said Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. So he get all the heads, all the people, the age ones. The Hebrew could literally be translated the bearded ones. he get them all together. Bring them all in. and said Aaron spake. Who spake? Why Aaron talking? Okay. Y'all remember to pay attention to these switches. So who spake? Because God called Aaron a what? Y'all remember? The mouthpiece of him. And he called Moses who? God. So Aaron is the prophet. And Moses is like God. Y'all didn't catch that last week. huh? Y'all did say it. But everything leaks. (laughs) So they're asking. Extrapolation. What are prophets supposed to do? So what are they supposed to say? Are they supposed to interpret it I say <laughs> Okay, alright, alright. So, and Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of people. So who did the signs? Huh? Uh, Aaron. Aaron spake and did. That ain't like the movie. See, we're gonna have to strip off all this stuff you learned from the movie. <laughs> so we can see what God really said so Aaron spake and Aaron did and the people believed they trusted them y'all they got excited and they down for the cause now I want y'all to switch we ain't focusing on Moses no more we focusing on the people and in this focus that we draw your mind in imagine yourself as the people and you're going to learn something about yourself Y'all ready? Now for some people, this going to hurt. But it's going to be very instructive. Because the people right now, they do what? They believe. That's what they do. They believe. So y'all do what right now? You believe. What made them believe? The words and the signs. Are y'all with me? They saw something and they heard something. And now they're believing. What is it that they're believing for? Give us us free. So y'all with me? They believe they're about to be free and who gonna set them free? They believe God gonna do it through this servant Moses. That's what y'all believe now. God finna set us free through this servant Moses. We down the ride. So they all excited. So just imagine in your mind. See, this whole meeting right here, this was the conference. They went to the conference. They had the big band going on with with two, three guitars up there, four, five keyboards, all the man with keyboards, everywhere going on. They got the drums and all the extra percussion going on, man. It's hype. It's hype enough. And y'all know how I be after the conference. When you get the hype, you're down. You got the emotion. You drive it all home. And You crying and everything, Lord? I'm doing it, again, Jesus. I'm doing it. Again. Thank you, Jesus. So good, so good. That's where they are at right now. All right, that's that where y'all. Are. Don't act like y'all ain't never did that before. I'm sorry, so I love you, Jesus, I love you. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good. That's where at. they at. They're, they're at that moment right there, right now. They driving home from the conference. Saying they got the music playing, saying you got Thor gangster dude listening to soft rock and you now that. what Jesus do to people. <laughs> 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 got a guitar string, listen to soft rock. Rolled up there with Tupac, 3-6 in, 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 <laughs> in Barfield. Coming back home. <laughs> listen to country music. Maverick City. <laughs> <laughs> Could resist. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> So that's where they at. So the people believe him, and that's y'all. Y'all believe it right now. So we good. All right. Let's see how y'all change. <laughs> in verse 31, it said when they heard the word that Lord has visited the children of Israel and that He had looked upon their affliction and they bowed their heads and worshipped. They worshipped. Told you is the conference. They get they worship on God and showed up. God is in this place. They, they cry laying all on the floor here yeah, yeah. here thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and that's what they, what they got going on all of everybody slain all in the spirit hands raised all that good stuff they down they on fire that's what y'all said they on fire in chapter 5 said in afterwards that's a good key word huh after what after, after the conference after everything, everybody on fire for the Lord Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus said the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Now, Moses downplayed this thing a little bit. Did y'all notice what he asked for? Huh? God did. told him, God told him, told him to let her go for three days into the wilderness. All he still, he downplayed it even more. said, Hey, we want to go have a feast. Like, we just going to go out in the desert and have a cookout. But we get the introduction of this heavy biblical phrase that we got to pay attention to. And it is, thus said the Lord, now, thus said Yahweh, the God of Israel. This is God speaking. Let my people go, set them free, cast them out. And the only reason why well, we just go, we give a couple days off, we go have a little barbecue. That's the only reason. And Pharaoh said, Who is Yahweh? Who is that? And not only who is that, who is him that I should listen to him or obey his voice and let Israel go. I know not Yahweh, neither will I let Israel go. I don't care about him, who is that? That he could tell me what to do. Very important question. Because what did he want to know? Who he is? Why do he want to know? That I should obey him. Like, who it is that I need to listen to him? Y'all remember that question. So what Pharaoh wanted to know? Who Yahweh is that I should listen to him? Y'all think he ever heard of Yahweh before? I don't know. Because Jacob ain't do too good of a job raising his children. So we don't know if they they even know. But this is Pharaoh's question. So we got the scene being set. Like, who, who that? I don't care about no. Yahweh, who I to listen to him for? I ain't going to listen to him. I don't care who he is. And I ain't going to let you go. You don't get no vacation. What y'all think this is? And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee. Three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God. lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Now, have y'all noticed anything wrong about this whole scene yet? Y'all, y'all ain't picked up on. Just the whole scene. What what Moses and Aaron got going on right now. Huh? They supposed to be talking to Pharaoh. Y'all, 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 come on, now, Huh? huh? Yeah, they said, so both of them talking. Moses talking to Aaron, Aaron talking to Pharaoh. Y'all, y'all, didn't picked up on what's wrong. He took the God, the rod of God, and he's supposed to do what? Do the signs before Pharaoh. He didn't did that. He went in and ran in their mouth. He was supposed to speak. He was supposed to give a warning. He was supposed to ask. Give a warning and show the signs. All he's doing is begging right now. Is Moses obedient. Y'all said that. I ain't said that. Y'all talking about Moses. <laughs> <laughs> And he adds this little warning that we didn't see in any other instruction of God. At the end of verse three, he said, Least or for fear that he, talking about the God of Israel, fall upon us with pestilence and with a sword." Who did God tell him he was going to fall upon? What is he talking about? So Moses then cowered a little bit. And he altering the story. He ain't speaking what God told him to speak. It, 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 he compromised like, hey, trying to make it sound reasonable to Pharaoh. Like, hey, man, if you don't let her go, we going to die. And you ain't going to have no slaves anyway. So you might well give us a break. That's not the plan. So Moses have failed to stick with the plan. But the people crunk right now, and he just came off that high worship conference. And y'all part of the people right now. Don't raise your hand out loud. How many of you have done with that? You got your thing. You, you're all in it. You know the plan. you fired up from the conference. But then when reality hit and it's time to execute all them promises you made all night singing all them songs, change them a little bit. Just, just just slightly. You still got the same intentions. i ain't saying, ain't we're gonna leave them, Lord. I said, we just weren't gonna have sex no more. <laughs> And you go talk if you don't get together. Well, I'm gonna have to go. Call the Lord and don't with what we got going on here. God ain't happy. And you know, I'm a Christian now. I got saved last night, so so we can't be doing this. So what you gonna do? See, they ain't what you were saying when you were saying them promises. When you were hiding the coverings, oh God, I'm doing this, I'm doing this life. God ain't gonna ever do it again. Jesus, you save me, you set me free. I don't care nothing about it. <laughs> He the enemy, he the destroyed me, That's the devil in my life. Then <laughs> <laughs> you get know home, I'm telling I'm just say, we need to have a talk. <laughs> I need to understand where you are, and you walk with the Lord, and you really need to get... <laughs> you know what, Yeah. <laughs> That's what Moses got going on, he, he switched the game up a little bit, but he's still with the plan. He's just trying to do it his own way. And let's keep tracking with this thing, saying the king of Egypt, who was that? Said unto them, wherefore do you Moses and Aaron let the people from their works get you unto your burdens? It's like, hold up. How are you making these people stop working? Matter of fact, y'all go to work. <laughs> Moses ain't been there in 40 years. <laughs> he made a brick lift of stone. His brother been walking around with sheep. Like, bro, you get to work. How <laughs> am I going serving the Lord? <laughs> And he got this whole little scene set up some Moses and Aaron and said, Pharaoh said, this thing switched. Now you need to really zone in. Said, Pharaoh said, behold, the people of the land are now many and you make them rest from their burdens. And that's a strange statement to throw in. Like why are he talking about the multiplicity of the people? Like it's a lot of them and you got them resting. That's why he got them working, but they keep multiplying and it'd probably be a hint to like, Hey bro, this, this thing working. Like, we on a move now. We ain't got time for no breaks. So why are you making these people lazy talking about all this worship and stuff? They need to work. So Pharaoh goes hard in on his stance. And he shows that he's not moving. I don't care who this Yahweh is. I don't care all this stuff y'all talking about. Y'all need to get back to work. And ain't nobody going nowhere. God told him that was going to happen. And the thing I got to ask, when you go in with hope and expectation and it turns hard, do you stay down for the ride? And watch how this thing work out. It said Pharaoh commanded when? That same day, the taskmasters of the people and their officers saying, so you got the hierarchy here. He showed you the chain of command. You got the taskmasters and his officers under the taskmasters. And he giving them instruction. What day he giving them instruction? That same day, this is the very next day after the conference. Pharaoh dig in and look at his instruction. You shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tale are the number of the tally of bricks which they did make heretofore. You shall lay upon them. You shall not diminish aught thereof for they be idle. Therefore they cry saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. He digs his heels in. Like, hey, Taskmasters, all the head of the air department, no more straw. And this is very pivotal with something hard for us to capture because when they made them old clay bricks, they used straw like we use rebar and, and concrete. So they, you get a mix, you get your, your red clay there, <laughs> and you muddy it up, and you have to mix it with the straw, and then you got a man who put it in a mold, scrape it, and shape it up, and they sit it out in the sun to dry. And this is a part of the process. It's like that clay, I mean that straw stuff you've been giving them, don't give it anymore. So now the process is drawn out. You have to run and find straw. Straw that's good enough and sufficient enough to be used in the bricks. Then bring it back to where you're making the bricks. Then do everything you've been doing before. And he said your numbers better not drop. That don't seem fair. And that's his form of torture. And the reason he did it, he said, because the people of idol, that's another way of saying it. they lazy. These folk lazy, they don't have enough to do. So let's get them more work to do. Now think about it. The work that they were doing, making these bricks, laying these bricks, they were doing it under the task mouse. And I told y'all, task mouse is another word for what? A whip bearer. An afflictor. Someone who punishes. So you got a man standing over you all day. And his whole job is to punish you. When you ain't doing what he deems to be right. And now he's telling you. You got to do extra work. But everything you were doing yesterday. You better finish it. What's going to happen if you won't finish? You're going to get beat. What's going to happen if he thinks you're a little slow behind in the process? You gonna get beat. When he said yesterday by this time you had six hundred bricks made, today you got a hundred. What do you think he gonna do? Beat you. And the whole idea in his mind is the only reason you ain't where you was yesterday is because you lazy. What takes the human compassion out of it? Work. And this happens the day after what now? The conference. How many of y'all think they still crunk? Because the very thing you were crunk about, it looked to be completely opposite of what it is that you was expecting. Yeah, I had the Jesus thing going. God finna do something. What well, God did made my life miserable. How many of y'all still down the ride? How many you still singing them songs? Yeah, yeah. Now y'all, we, we still now? <laughs> yes to your will and your way. <laughs> My soul say yeah. <laughs> and it seems to be an altering and a change of the expectations. And expectations subtracted from fulfillment equals disappointment. That's what depression comes in at. That's where you get ready to give up. And Jesus taught the same lesson in the parable of the sower. He said, it's from people that get it straightway with joy. But then when persecution comes, fall back. And somehow he said, the cares of this world, amp up, they fall back. And that's what you see here. That the return that they expected, they don't get. Life didn't quite look the same. And it's our human disposition. To stop what? Believe. And we're going to see this as we go through it. And in verse nine, it says, let the more work be laid upon the men that they may labor therein and let them not regard vain words. Let more work be laid on who? Yeah, they're just attacking the brothers. We're going to talk about that. Saying the taskmasters of the people went out in their officers and they spake to the people saying, thus said Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. How y'all think that conference went before work? And you see the play on word there. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You come up here talking about, thus said the Lord, let me go. Thus said Pharaoh, y'all ain't getting no straw. And that was striking the mind because these people woke up the next day waiting to hear the report from Aaron and Moses how this whole meeting went with God and Pharaoh, in the signs, and the first thing they get is, thus said Pharaoh. Y'all ain't getting no straw. And now he's mocking God in his punishment of the people. And you're getting this battle begin to be set up between who and who? Pharaoh and God. But it's God, like God don't fight with regular people like Pharaoh. I won't let that sit. Like, who they do think he is? Go ye, get you straw where you can find it, yet not out of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. They started cheating. They were getting the good straw to make their bread. Now they're just getting stubble and all that stuff. Just getting, getting whatever they can to get the job done. Saying so the taskmasters hasted them, saying, fulfill your work. So they own them. They're hurrying them up. They own them because the taskmasters are the people that do what now? They uh, they whipped them, the taskmasters beat them. So when they're hasting them, how you think they hastening them? With a whip. So they hurrying them up. Said, "Fulfill your works, your daily tasks." as when there was straw. And Pharaoh and the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten. The officers were beaten. It's showing you the hierarchy. Taskmasters are Egyptian. They run in the joint. They that supervise. Then you got little shift leaders in, in group areas who are responsible for them. Your workers don't do their job. You get beat. How many of y'all sign up for that promotion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you got going on. It said, the officers of the children of Israel, where Pharaoh's taskmaster had set over them, were beaten and demanded, wherefore have you not fulfilled your task in making bricks, both yesterday and today as heretofore? He's getting on them. Like, y'all behind. Why aren't you doing your job? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto who? Anything wrong with that picture? How you gonna judge them? Y'all think there's, there's something wrong with that? <laughs> y'all think something wrong with that? Let's put the whole scene together. now. You, 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 this is y'all part of participation. You had an expectation. The thing you thought was going to go a certain way didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. And some people responded to you in ways that was a whole lot different from what it was. And the first person you talked to was Who? the person who did you wrong, is that right or is that wrong? That's wrong. Technically, what's the technicality? Okay. Y'all agree with her? She said you should go to God, but human instinct is to try to fix it yourself. So y'all, y'all, y'all think that, that that's cool? Is that okay? Should we operate like that? An even deeper question. Why don't you think they went to God? They gave up. The last time you told her God heard our cry, we got beat. <laughs> we ain't fooling with him no more. And that's the position that they're in. Now, it's easy for y'all to sit back a couple thousand years later and say, man, them folk wrong. They're supposed to have faith. But don't raise your hand out loud. How many of y'all done it before? I'm going to say it about three more (laughs) times. How many of y'all have done that before? When you have a hope, you have an expectation, and it go completely the opposite way of what you thought. And your first recourse is to deal with the situation in and of yourself. And you lead God out the whole picture. Whether it's through bitterness, whether it's through fear, whether it's through angst or anxiety about this whole dealing with God situation. Let me tell y'all uh, just a little secret Y'all and this people, y'all ain't do this before. It's the people at the other church. We're talking about them. People at the other church, they done this before. Ain't nobody in this room ever done this, as far as I know. When well, you'd have had your moment, we fall down, but we get up. You came to the altar and all that other stuff. And then you, you, you sold out, we love Jesus. And you last a couple of days. The next thing you know, you back into the same thing that you were in before you did it. And the immediate recourse is to withdraw. What do you mean by withdraw? I ain't going to church no more. I Ain't calling Jake. Oh, <laughs> he won't do. All they do is that DNA job, people. Anyway, <laughs> All we always been info being. If I got time for them. They think people get live right and stuff. You see, they be sending too. <laughs> Told they, they be sending. I saw him. He ain't stopped at that stop sign. He thought I didn't see him when you leave the church that day. <laughs> see y'all they do that. Other people die at like the other church. <laughs> and you draw back because that disappointment creates anxiety. And there's a fear to connect again. For them it's because of a bruising. For us most of the time it's because of fear. And you get that place of unworthiness. Like I don't need to be doing this. And I can't go back to God. I can't pray right now. Like so y'all ain't never said that. I mean I can't pray right now. I gotta. That's the people at the other church say stuff like that. And that's the picture of what they're doing right here. And I told y'all, i to keep telling you over and over again. You can be real and you can be genuine with God in prayer. If you think God did you wrong, tell him. You can go say, hey, God, you supposed to stop these bricks and all these whips. But you ain't did what you said you were going to do. I promise you he won't get mad. You can do that. And the only people you truly do that with is the people you truly trust. And the fact that there's a fear to go back to him and to call him on his promise to show you that you really don't believe in it. You really don't think that he was actually going to do it in the first place. It's just like my example I always use. If my mama tell me she's sending me some money, if I don't see it, I will call her. How long will I call her until I get the money? But if some of y'all say, hey, bro, I got you. If I don't see it, I will put down my groceries and walk out to the store. <laughs> and pray to God that ain't nobody see <laughs> I don't trust you, that. <laughs> but if mama says on now, I will stand at that register. You need to check it. Y'all machine broke. I promise. It's on now. But if I got your card, I'm straight. I don't need this. though. I picked up the wrong thing. I'll be back. Right. <laughs> Just hold that milk for me. Because <laughs> I don't trust you like that. <laughs> but this is the reality that we live in. You can be honest with God. And that's what they failed to do. They were scared to go back to him. So they tried to fix this thing. And they go talking to Pharaoh. And said in office, in verse 16, it said, there was no straw given unto thy servants. Did they plead in their case? And they say to us, make brick and behold, thy servants are beaten. But the fault is in thy own people. Like, this ain't found. That's basically what they're saying. But he, talking about Pharaoh, said, you are lazy. You are lazy. Therefore you say, let us go and do sacrifice to Yahweh. Now he, the they cat out the bag. And they know why he treating them like that. So y'all out here talking about we want to go worship and, and do all that stuff. uh uh-uh, We ain't doing that. That's a sign that you you don't have enough work to do. Mm-hmm. And watch this exchange. It's almost like a movie. Almost like espionage going on. You got them. Because they're supposed to be down with who? Moses and Aaron. Because they had this whole meeting together. Now after this whole thing, they done dipped off and they done went and talked to Pharaoh for themselves. Forget that Moses and that Aaron thing. So now they end up talking to Pharaoh and they pleading their case and Pharaoh chewing them out and who you think showing up on the scene out the, out the door? Moses and Aaron. And he's sending them out. He said, go therefore now and work. For there shall no straw be given you, yet shall you deliver the tale of bricks. So he's kicking them out the office. And they're going out. Saying the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in an evil case. And after it was said, you shall not diminish art from your bricks or of your daily tasks. Like they realized this is, this is bad. And they talking about this whole thing like, man, we can't even get a break, like drop the numbers. And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. So they were leaving Moses and Aaron on their way and they meet. Probably had the mean mug on, ugly face, mirror in the pocket and a practice looking hard. All that going on. And you get this tense little situation like, what you say? You think Moses was upset? Like, man, what y'all in there doing talking to Pharaoh? Y'all know we supposed to be the one talking. Probably just dead silence as they walked by each other. And you see this exchange. You got the elders and the leaders of the people. You got Moses and Aaron, and they out in the, in the causeway talking to the secretary, waiting on their turn to go in. And they said unto them, they opened it up. Who is today? The, the elders. The Lord look upon you and judge because you made our Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hands to slay us. This is their response. Like God going to get you because you made Pharaoh hate us. And now he seeks to kill us because of what you did. Do they believe anymore? They ain't down with the plan no more. And not only not believe, now they hate Moses and Aaron. Is this what was supposed to happen? Because God told him, you're going to go, you're going to talk to the children of Israel and they're going to believe. And things ain't quite working the way it's supposed to work. And now Moses and Aaron are in a spot where the very people who they thought they were going to rescue now hate them. Anybody ever experienced that before? You try to do something good, somebody, and end up blowing back at you. Not only did you not help them, but now you created another enemy. And that's what Moses and Aaron are now. Why did it happen? Huh? He didn't do what he was supposed to do. Would it have happened if he would have did it? Possibly. Yes, God told him it was gonna get rough. So be ready to ride. How many of y'all want to be blessed? Because the only reason Moses even in this predicament is because God what, called him and blessed him with a mission. How many of y'all want to be blessed? Because his blessing made his own family hate him. And that still could happen today. Y'all sure y'all want to be blessed? So you want to be called of God? So you want to have a vocation? Because now Moses is in full-time ministry. (laughs) His full-time ministry made him a full-time enemy. He ain't getting no time money. He can't go collect no donations. And chances are, He risked himself being put to work. Why won't they just capture Moses and beat him like they did the rest of them? Why won't they take him and just kill him? All of these are the risks that he took on once he decided to follow God. And he didn't even want to do it. He was scared. He was afraid. And he felt that he was unqualified. But God called him to do it anyway. Now his family hate him. His life is rough. What happened to his marriage? We don't know. The wife disappeared after that whole little scene. And all of this started when what happened? He decided to follow God. How many of y'all want to be blessed? It don't sound like the blessings and the breakthroughs and and the heavens open up and and the windows and all that type of stuff. We ain't seen that yet. I ain't saying it don't happen. I'm just saying we ain't seen it. Because Abraham got called and he had to do what? Be a stranger for 75 years before he finally got the promise. How many of y'all want to be blessed? And now Moses is in the midst of his blessing at the height of his ministry. Family hate him. King of all the known world that he knows possibly could kill him. And they be talking about preachers and pastors get depressed because they can't raise enough ordination money and all that type of stuff. They went on a building project and it was very stressful. And and now <laughs> they threaten to quit the ministry. I think Moses will have a little gripe with these people. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they now one of us in the words of Hebrews resisted unto blood in our fight against sin. How many of y'all want to be blessed? You sure? And let's wrap this thing on up and watch Moses prayers very instructive. It said and Moses returned unto Yahweh. And said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I am come to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people. And neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Beautiful prayer. And what makes it beautiful is that it's genuine. Y'all caught on to what he did there. In the middle of being accused and ridiculed, he turned to who? Yahweh. What did he say to the elders? Nothing. How did he defend himself? No way at all. He turned to God in the midst of his persecution, in the midst of his hard time. And he was honest with him. He accused God. Now, that don't seem to be religious and deep and devotional. But it's real. Like God, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. How is it that it worked like this? And I'm telling you, these are the type of prayers that you need to learn how to pray. You don't have to be cute. You don't have to be eloquent. But you have to be real. And don't be scared to tell God what's really going on inside of you. stop trying to fix it for formality in prayer you don't have to god already knows you're thinking anyway so you might as well say it you can say god you did me wrong how is it that you let my uncle such and such and such and such you can tell him and i promise you he ain't gonna be ashamed he ain't gonna start crying and say i don't like you no more anyway now you got to be ready for his response But this is the only way that true healing takes place in prayer. Because what that James tell us, the fervent and effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. You can't have fervency with fakeness. Fervency is an expression of passion. Fervency is, is, is something that's set ablaze, something that's been stirred up. And what's stirred up is the thing that truly hurts you and the thing that truly causes you to be in a position where you need to talk to God. And that's what you talk to him about. Just like Moses did. He came with his accusations. He came with his statement, but he also compared it to what God had already told him. God, if you said this, this and this, why it look like this? And that's the same thing we need to be able to do. Stop trying to protect God. I promise you he don't need it. And stop trying to be cute. Don't be ashamed to be hurt. Don't be ashamed to be disillusioned. Don't be ashamed to have something in your life that you do not like. But have enough sensitivity and compassion and trust in God that you can tell him. And have hope that he going to do something about it. Even if all it is, I'm mad right now, God. Now you got to be ready for his response. But the only way you get the response is if you make the supplication. And there's no formulaic way for us to pray. It's true genuineness. You got to be standing up, sitting down, hands folded, eyes closed. Don't nobody care. How you supposed to open it up? Don't nobody care. But what it has to be, the number one requirement has to be real. It has to be honest. And it has to be genuine, especially when you're hurting. Allow that hurt to pour forth. Then God can heal. And as we transition into next week and the scene begin to switch, we going to see God's response to the accusation of Moses. But the thing I want us to focus on going in this thing is to understand that life is filled with hard times, ups and downs, where things don't always seem to work. But there is one constant on this planet, and that's who? God. He's the only constant. So when we're in the midst of changing ways, and we're in the midst of changing, oh, y'all church, when we go through different seasons in our lives, and we have the ups and downs, the hills, in the valleys, know that God is constant. That's how they say it in church. All right. This is how we say it in DNA. Hey, when stuff ain't working the way you think it's going to work, you need to talk to God about it. (laughs) And you need to let them know what you're talking about. All right. You feel? (laughs) me? But understand, God won't be upset. God ain't going to be shamed and say, "How dare you. But you got to be ready for his response. Y'all hear me? So when you pray, pray how? Real. What if you hurting? Be real. What if you upset? Be real. It's the only way that you can get healed. And we need to learn from the humility of Moses the first time we've seen it. When people offend you, who you deal with? Ooh, that's deep. That's deep. Now put that one, especially y'all married folks. Write that one down. Write, write it down real quick. So don't don't let them see you right. Sneak it. Sneaking write it. Sneak, sneak. Hurry up. What you need to be right when people offend you, who you deal with. Oh, y'all, buddy, you 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 preaching something now. So so when somebody come and accuse you and say, "Ying," how are you supposed to defend yourself? Oh, now that's dangerous. Now I ain't say that. Y'all said that. I don't know if that's biblical or not. <laughs> you mean you ain't supposed to take up for yourself? I'm asking what y'all believe now. We're gonna close on when y'all on this point. You ain't supposed to take up for yourself? You ain't gotta prove yourself to nobody? How you take up for yourself? Okay, once you figure it out, you're gonna come and teach her cause they don't know either, <laughs> but what we learn from Moses is when people have an accusation against what you got going on who you go to, y'all believe that's how you're supposed to live. y'all really believe that now you know I'm gonna be watching now I'm gonna be listening and peeking in when you had your conversation out to church and the first time I man I had to tell him I said what you had to tell them for. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got any questions? (laughs)